Okay. I'm going to start the meeting. Everybody ready? Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Good morning. I call the San Francisco Department of Disability and Aging Services special commission meeting of Thursday, February 16th, 2023 to order. I am the DOS commission president, Martha Knudsen. The commission meeting is being conducted pursuant to provisions of the Brown Act and recent executive orders issued by the governor to facilitate teleconferencing to reduce the risk of COVID-19 transmission at public meetings. Ordinarily, the Brown Act sets strict rules for teleconferencing. The governor recently signed a new amendment to the Brown Act to continued use of teleconferencing for public meetings during a state of emergency, provided that commissions such as ours make certain findings. To comply with this legal requirement, items four and five on this morning's agenda is the request to consider whether continued use of teleconferencing will minimize health risks and whether our commission is able to use teleconferencing in a manner that allows public participation and transparency. As noted on the agenda, members of the public may observe this teleconference meeting via sfgovtv.org and sfgovtv channel 78, and they may offer public comment by calling the published public comment phone number. I'd like to welcome the members of the public and staff who are watching us live on sfgovtv. The commission asks and thanks you for your patience during these unprecedented times. We respectfully ask the public to have patience and expect delays and gaps during the meeting, particularly during public comment. To eliminate background interference, all panelists and presenters that are presenting via WebEx are asked to mute themselves when not speaking or waiting to present. The San Francisco HSA DOS Commission acknowledges that we are on unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush Ohlone community and by affirming their sovereign rights as first people. And I want to, before we have the role taken, I want to thank Elizabeth Labar, who is the Secretary of the Human Service Agencies from filling, for filling in today uh, admirably <laughs> um, uh, due to uh, Ravi being uh, ill and unable to attend. So thank you very much for that. And if you could just please uh, take the role. Thank you, President Knudsen. Commissioners, please respond with present when I call your name. President Martha Knudsen. Present. Vice President Janet Spears. Present. Thank you. Commissioner Sasha Bittner is uh, excused absent. Commissioner Wanda Jung. Present. Commissioner Linda Pennington. Present. Commissioner Nelson Lum. Thank you. Present. Okay. Commissioner Barbara Sklar. I think she's present on call in number. Um, I'm going to try to see if I can see if that's Commissioner Clark. Okay, thank you. And then uh, the DOS executive director, Kelly Dearman. Present. We have a quorum. Great, thank you. I'll, I'll move ahead and I'm yes. sure that Sklar will join us for the votes. Yes. Um, Commissioner, the next item. Oh, you go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's your part. <laughs> 
Commissioners, the next item, item three, is communications. We'd like to provide further instructions for the public comment process. Public comment will be available on each item on this agenda and during general public comment. Both Channel 78 and sfgovtv.org are streaming the number across the, stream, uh, the screen. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to speak. Comments or opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available via phone call. During each public comment period, viewers and callers will be instructed to call 415-655-0001, the access code 2497-488-5581-POUND, and then pound again and use webinar password 5646. When connected, you will hear the meeting discussions, but you will be muted and in listening mode only. When your item of interest comes up, dial star three to be added to the speaker line. Best practices are to call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly, and turn down your television or radio. You will have minute, uh, three minutes to speak. You will be informed by the moderator when you have 30 seconds left. After 30 seconds, you will be muted and placed back to listening mode. Alternatively, public comment can be submitted by email to ravi.derbeach at sfgov.org. If you submit public comment via email, it will be forwarded to the commission and will be included as part of the office, uh, official docket. Are there any communications from the DOS commission members? Um, commissioners, your next item is agenda four, resolution to hold in-person meeting with some members possibly appearing remotely. Are there any comments or questions from the commission regarding this resolution? Madam Secretary, do we have anyone from the public who wishes to comment on this item? Moderator, please open the phone line for a public comment. We will allow some time for callers to submit their requests. Moderator, do we have any callers in the queue? Oh, Elizabeth, it's on the chat. Uh, there's no callers. Okay. Oh, thank you, Ravi. Got it. <laughs> okay. Then hearing no further requests to speak on this item, is there a motion to approve agenda item four? I move, move from Commissioner Jung. We need a second out there in Webex land. Second with Spears. Thank you, uh, Vice President Spears. Um, and uh, then, Madam Secretary, can we please take a roll call vote to approve the resolution to hold in person meeting with some members possibly appearing remotely? And for the record, uh, uh, Vice President Spears, uh, Commissioner Lum, um, uh, and uh, are appearing remotely, and uh, Pennington are appearing remotely, and also Sklar is uh, patching in by phone. So, yeah. Thank you. President Knudsen, how do you vote? Yes. Vice President Spears, how do you vote? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Zhang, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Lum, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Sklar, how do you vote? Oh, we don't know about the phone situation. Okay. Um, Commissioner Pennington, how do you vote? Yes. Thank Great. you. Okay. Um, okay. We're good. Um, Commissioners, your next item is agenda five, which is the authorization to allow third party presenters who are not city employees to attend commission meetings virtually pending any California government code change or mayoral supplement to the emergency proclamation. Are there any comments or questions from the commission regarding this resolution? Uh, 
And Madam Secretary, do we have anyone from the public who wishes to comment on this item? Moderator, please open the phone line for public comment. We will allow some time for callers to submit their requests. Do we have any callers in the queue? Uh, no callers, Elizabeth. Okay. Then hearing no further requests to speak on this item, is there a motion to approve agenda item six from commissioners? So moved. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Jong. And a second. Commissioner Spears. Uh, from Commissioner uh, Vice President Spears, thank you. Uh, Mr. Uh, Madam Secretary, can you please take a roll call vote to approve the authorization to allow third party presenters who are not city employees to attend commission meetings virtually pending any California government code change or mayoral supplement of the emergency proclamation? President Knudsen, how do you vote? Yes. Vice President Spears, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Jung, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Lum, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Pennington, how do you vote? Yes. Okay. Thank you very much. And you go ahead with public comment. Commissioners, item six is public comment, an opportunity for members of the public to address the commission on matters that are not on today's calendar. Are there any members of the public that would like to address the commission today? Um, moderator, please open the phone line for public comment. We will allow some time for callers to submit the request. Do we have any callers in the queue? There are no callers in the queue. Thank you. Uh, commissioners, your next item is item seven, old business. Commissioners, please indicate by raising your hand if there's any old business that you would like to discuss. Seeing none. I'll hand it over to President Knudsen to call the next item. Great, thank you. Commissioners, the next ag agenda item is item eight, new business. Item 8A is an action item that will require a vote by the commission, um, which is the review and approval of the fiscal year 2023-24 and fiscal year 2024-25 DOS budgets. And I'd like to welcome our executive director, Kelly Dearman, and the HSA deputy director of finance and administration, Dan Kaplan. So who will be presenting? Thank you. Welcome. Thank you, commissioners. Um, we are bringing here today for your approval um, a proposed uh, budget submission that, that, with your approval, we will make um, to the mayor's office, and we will do that next Tuesday. Um, so we were here a few weeks ago. We we talked about the budget context. We talked about uh, budget instructions that we've received from the uh, mayor's office, and um, and what I'd like to do now is just do an an uh, a sort of a high level presentation of um, the budget proposal we have developed for DAS. Um, there is additional detail in your budget binders. Uh, there's also narrative description in the budget memo mm -hmm. that um, that has been prepared by the budget staff and submitted by me through Kelly Dearman to the commission. Um, so I'm going to talk through the numbers and then Kelly will talk through some of the program specific uh, initiatives that, that we have included in this budget. So let's go to the second slide. And. Ravi, am I supposed to do something in order to have the presentation projected? 
is it not going through the is it not going through the from the computer going through right now to the main screen no it's not uh, let me see i'm gonna let me just find out Um, but there. Um, yeah, and we can usually see it on here. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We're just seeing, uh, so it's just a camera. Yeah, we're, we're not seeing, seeing remote attendees. We're not seeing. Um, anything except for the monitor, the monitor of the room itself. Got it. I'm on the line with. Uh with them right now. Thank you. And I mean that the commissioners and anybody in the room, we have received a paper copy of this presentation and we also received the budget memo um, at a previous meeting. So just for the record, we- It is, it is available to us. There's on the website. Very available. Yes. I can, um, I believe I can, is it the memo that, that we just put out? They yeah. need the slides. They need the slides. They need the slides that are right. Yeah. Yes, the PowerPoint presentation. Yeah. Um Celia has on her computer here the slides. Dan, is it it's not the 10 slides? I think no. 10 sounds about right, Robbie. Yes. Um let me see if I can put this through if you guys can see this. It's the it's the 10 slides that you posted on the agency website for this hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're sharing we're sharing content on WebEx. Yeah, Robbie, it's on WebEx. Not, can you see that? Yes. Yeah, but it's not showing on the screen. It's not showing on the screen because SFGov TV is not recording today due that they have a prior schedule. Uh, uh, so Elizabeth, I could send you this. You could put it on your computer, but it won't go on the big screen. If it's if it's if it is shared on WebEx, since everyone in the room has a paper copy, um, I think we're probably okay. It's, what's important is that people not who are not here can see it. Yeah, and which they can. So let's proceed. We can let's proceed. proceed. And, um, Dan, I'm on slide one now. You can you can tell me when to. Uh, to okay. Skip. Thank you, Ravi. Please go to slide two. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> we're there. Thank you. So, so we are in a conservative budget climate compared to past recent past years. Um, as we mentioned last time we talked about this, the city has projected a $728 million budget shortfall over the upcoming biennium. And as a, res as a result of that has asked agencies to propose 5% uh, reductions in discretionary general funds in the budget year and 8% reductions in the second year of the biennium, the budget year plus one. Um, I think it's always important for us to, to make a note when we talk about that, that in the HSA DAS budget, um, a relatively small portion of the general funds are, are quote unquote discretionary general funds. It comes to a total of about $40 million between HSA, DBFS, and DAS. 
and the kinds of things that are considered to be discretionary for purposes of computing a reduction are, um, are, are some services, welfare to work services in the ESSS budget, those that are outside of the CalWORKs and the CFET programs, um, housing displacement dollars, which are in the disaster preparedness budget, um, there's also a certain amount of money in the DAS budget that is associated with services that are dignity fund-like uh, services, but are funded with dollars over and above the amount in the dignity fund. And, and, and we've got those dollars because over the years, the board has, through the add back process, added dollars for services that are like dignity fund services over and above. So, so that comes up to about $40 million in total. 5% uh, of that is about $2 million, and that is, is what our production target is for the budget year, and it's about $3.2 million for the budget year plus one. Um, at the same time as the city has a shortfall, the state has projected a shortfall of $22.5 billion. Uh, all I'll say about that is the governor's office has come out with a plan for bridging that gap. That plan does not actually result in reductions to social services spending. Uh, it's taken by slowing up spending in a lot of other areas, holding back on one-time spending. But it doesn't, it doesn't um, affect ongoing allocations for services of the sort that we fund in DAS or, or in other parts of HSA. Um, so our state revenue is is as strong as it was, um, and there have been some minor improvements in state funding. Our realignment revenue has gone up. Um, there has been a little bit of improvement in IHSS funding, um, and there has been uh, some minor improvement in Medi-Cal funding as well on the on the DBFS side. Um, so from a, from a revenue position, we're in a relatively good place. Um, things are not growing rapidly, but they're not declining. And, and that has been the key to actually allowing us to cover the $2 million reduction target without uh, cutting uh, client benefits, without cutting staff positions, without cutting CBO contracts. So the good news here to start off with is that this is a a pretty good steady state budget. We have moved some money around to cover new needs. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, but although we have a reduction target, we are not in a position where we have to cut services to achieve it. Okay, let's move to the next slide. So as, um, as everyone is familiar at this point, um, we tend to look at the budget in three different ways at the top level. We look at it as a program budget. We look at it as a uh, revenue sources budget, and we look at it from the point of view of that, the particular types of expenditures we're making. So our first slide is the program slide. Um, what you'll see is that the DAS budget increases by 1.3% overall, but that's a little bit misleading. Because if you look closely at the FY22-23 budget, you will see a green pie slice that's labeled COVID food coordination, $15 million. 
And as I mentioned when we were last here, that is money that was budgeted in the DAS budget, but was for services delivered by the HSA agency-wide food group. Uh, these are services that are different from the DAS nutrition services and that grew out of the COVID response. Um, and so in the budget year, 23-24, these dollars don't appear. Um, so if we if we pulled those out of last year's budget, what you'd see was there would be a 4.6% growth overall in the DAS in in what we think of as the DAS core services. Um, and if we if we go around, there are really you, you can see that proportionally the the pie slices are very similar to what they were last year. Um, there are a few. Relatively big increases, uh, IHSS aid programs uh, grow by about $14 million. About $12 million of this $14 million is growth that we have projected in the IHSS MOE. And just for, to remind everyone, the IHSS MOE is the way we pay the local share of costs for the IHSS program. So that goes to, um, it goes to wages. Um, for IP providers, um, it it goes to the local share of contract mode services. It goes to health and dental benefits for IP providers. Um, so those are the big pieces of that. It also includes the local share of city staff costs, um, and we we pay that money to the state, and then the state covers uh, those costs in full with, with the exception of the city staff costs where they give us a capped allocation and we pick up the amount over that capped allocation but for the other services the ihss ip wages contract mode health and dental benefits the the state pays those costs they cover those costs in full and they cover them with um with revenue from the state and federal revenue um You'll also note that the Office of Community Partnerships uh, pie slice grows, um, and there are three things in there that really account for the growth. Uh, the first is the Dignity Fund, and as you remember, the Dignity Fund is in a period of time when it's growing at $3 million a year, so that $3 million appears in here. Um, there is also um, an addition of $600,000 uh, to cover uh, it's to make up for additional CODB or cost of doing business increases uh, in the current year, they then carry forward into the next year. Um, and then there is about $600,000 for a senior escorts program in there. Let's go to the next slide, slide four. Um, I'm waiting for it to turn on Elizabeth's screen. There we go. Sorry. There we go. Thanks. Um, so this is the, this is the slide where we look at budget sources, and again, you can look and you can see that the funding is fairly steady on a proportional basis. Um, there are some changes. So federal revenue has gone up a bit. Uh, some of that is improvement in IHSS funding, there is also some improvement in APS funding in there on the federal level. If we look at the state slice, it's also 
gone up not quite by three million dollars that's that's mainly improvement in the ihss program um and then if we look at 1991 realignment growth um there is also uh an improvement in funding of about six million dollars that is uh, money that is used to fund the local share of the IHSS program. And in years when the uh, state sales tax and vehicle licensing fee are relatively robust, uh, we get what we call caseload growth that acknowledges increased costs in the IHSS program. And then those are plowed back into funding the local share of the IHSS program. May we go to the next slide? And here again, fairly similar uh, proportions in all these slides. You can see that the aid payment amount has gone up um, by about $15 million. That again is the IHSS program. Aid payment is, a, is where, where we categorize the IHSS MOE payments. Um, and IHSS health and dental costs are in there as well. Uh, they've gone up by several millions of dollars. Um, when we look at the CBO grants, uh, you'll see that that amount has gone down. And the reason that it's gone down is we've removed the food budget. That was a set of CBO expenses. Um, we've got offsetting that $3 million of dignity fund growth, and then the two $600,000 items that I mentioned before, the CODB catch-up money that is put in here, and the $600,000 for the senior escort program. When we look at salaries, you can also see about $3 million of growth. Um, this has two things going on. It One is the COLAs that are in the labor contracts for this year. So the uh, city workers will receive a COLA of 2.5% on July 1st and 2.25% on January 1st. Um, the other thing that's in there is annualization of IHSS positions that were added in the current year. So when we add positions, we typically don't fund them at 100%. Um, so, so, but then in the subsequent year, once we have hopefully hired all the people, we do fund them at 100%. So, so that's part of what's moving up the salary line, and then the COLAs is the other part of it. Okay, may we go to the next slide? So just a, a little bit of focus on the IHSS program, which is obviously the, the big dollar amount within the DAS budget. Um, as I said before, the uh, IHSS MOE has grown. It is projected to be $168 million in 22-23. And, and i just like to mention that this is a number that our budget staff have computed based on a provision in the current MOU with SEIU 2015, which is the union that represents IP workers. And that provision says that if um, the city and the union fail to negotiate a contract by the end of the contract period, which is June 30th of this year, then the wages will 
uh, increased by the CPI amount, the consumer price index amount. So they will go up with inflation. Um, so we have computed that and that's, those are the dollars that are in here. I should mention that right at this time, we are getting ready to start negotiations with SEIU 2015. And so we may or may not end up with these dollars in the final budget. And we'll be working along for the next several months with the mayor's budget office on our side and the union um, to negotiate a contract and to have that included in the mayor's budget. Um, and then I should say we are also um, trying to address what have been staffing challenges in the contract mode program. Uh, we've been strategizing with the Homebridge uh, organization, which holds the contract mode contract at this point, uh, looking for what's the best approach to do that. The challenge for us has been that um, that Homebridge has, has had a very difficult time maintaining the level of staffing that it needs to provide the services that DAS's IHSS program are asking for. So there may, there may be costs involved in that. Okay, I'm gonna turn this over to Kelly to talk about some of the initiatives uh, within the DAS budget. Okay, thank you so much. So um, we can go, first let's talk about um, Homebridge. Um, you know, San Francisco continues to be the only county in California that has implemented contract mode IHSS. We reserve the contract mode for those IHSS consumers who cannot self-direct their own care due to cognitive impairment, serious mental illness, and or substance abuse disorder. And as Dan said, the demand for Homebridge services increased during the pandemic um, due to Medi-Cal expansion and efforts to house more individuals who were living on the streets and due to the general aging of the population. While Homebridge has implemented many efforts to improve the stability of their workforce, they continue to struggle to recruit and retain sufficient home care providers. Homebridge very recently launched an artificial intelligence digital campaign that is showing early improvements with recruitment. They have also increased their wages $2 an hour for home care providers. So um, as previously mentioned, DOS is actively in conversation with Homebridge around additional financial support that might bolster their operations because the bottom line is we need Homebridge, we need contract mode, so we don't want it to fail. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of um, the public authority, DOS and the San Francisco IHSS Public Authority are looking for innovative ways to address the shortage of home care workers. That's the state enrollment requirements for IHSS independent providers can be significant barriers for individuals interested in becoming a home care worker for IHSS. So DOS has provided funding to the public authority to pay for the fingerprinting costs for newly enrolled um, or newly enrolling IPs. This is a pilot pro project. IPs who access the live, can, live scan services at the public authority will have the $47 fee waived. The um, public authority will collect data to determine if the strategy is effective. DOS will use the results from this year-long pilot to determine if the initiative is worthwhile to continue. Next slide, please. Slide number seven. Um, okay, 
So this is about the care accords, community access, recovery, and empowerment. This is Governor Newsom's initiative, and it's intended to be an upstream intervention to assist individuals with schizophrenia and other types of psychotic disorders obtain needed care and services. The other, so San Francisco is a first wave county, and the other counties that are required to implement in October of this year are San Diego, Riverside, Orange County, Stanislaus, Tuolumne, and Glen. The rest of the state will have to implement in December of 2024. The state estimates that there are between 7,000 and 12,000 individuals in the state who could be eligible. San Francisco anticipates that there may be 1,000 to 2,000 individuals who could be eligible for care court locally. Individuals who are referred to care court will have a robust care plan developed that may include housing, intensive case management, and other services such as money management. At DOS, we're anticipating increased referrals to our representative payee program. Individuals who do not cooperate with their court-ordered care plan could also be referred to conservatorship. For this reason, both the public guardian and the public conservator are preparing for a likely increase in referrals. The Office of the Public Conservator and the Public Guardian, as well as the Representative Payee Program, have started to plan for the impacts that will likely result from the state's new care court initiative. It's really hard to know at this point if the state or our local projections are accurate given this new model. DOS will not know definitively about the impacts of care court until we implement. So we've developed a budget proposal to request temporary frontline positions to increase staffing for the public conservator, public guardian, and representative payee programs. The Department of Behavioral Health Services and DPH is the lead for implementing care court. We're meeting regularly with DPH staff to collaborate on care court planning efforts. Next slide, please. So the Dignity Fund. The services and allocation plan is part of the Dignity Fund's four-year planning cycle. It outlines program and funding priorities based on the 2022 Dignity Fund Community Needs Assessment, and it aligns with contract schedules and is based on service areas so that similar services are procured at the same time. Service areas of focus for 23-24 are case management and, case and care navigation, as well as community connection and engagement programming. Case management and care navigation programs help individuals with complex needs navigate available resources in what is often an overwhelming system of care. DOS supports over 2,400 enrollments across both case management and care navigation services. Community connection and engagement creates opportunities for older adults and people with disabilities to socialize, build relationships, and engage in their communities. DOS funds more than 23,500 enrollments across all our community connection and engagement services. The largest and probably the most well-known program in this area is probably the community centers offering many activities such as technology classes and assistance, exercise, music and dance, arts and crafts. In fiscal year 21-22, over 15,000 individuals participated in programs at community centers. Service areas of focus for 24-25 include access and empowerment, caregiver support, and housing support programs. 
Access and empowerment includes such programs as aging and disability resource centers, legal services, LGBTQ plus cultural competency trainings, as well as advocacy and education. DOS supports over 38,500 access and empowerment service enrollments every year. Caregiver support services are designed to support the well-being of family and friend caregivers, as well as their care recipients, and include adult day programs, caregiver respite, and family caregiver support services programs. DOS funds over 2,000 enrollments in caregiver support services annually. For DOS, housing support services are designed to support older adults and people with disabilities to maintain stable housing through service connection and community engagement. DOS funds over 3,000 enrollments in housing support services. <laughs> Whew, that's a lot. Okay, um, <laughs> slide nine. <laughs> okay, other DOS communities. So in terms of our state and federal investments, we're receiving multiple investments from federal and state sources. $4.5 million from the American Rescue Plan Act, ARPA, 180 iPads from the California Department of Aging Connections Health Aging and Technology Program, $1 million from CDA Nutrition Infrastructure Initiative, $1 million from CDA Access to Technology, $1 million plus 1,400 iPads from CDA Digital Connections, and $1.4 million from the State of California Older Americans Resilience and Recovery Program. These funding streams are scheduled to run into fiscal year 23-24. As for the Disability Community Cultural Center, construction is underway at the corner of Grove and Van Street. Completion of construction is expected to be in 2024. There'll be 112 units when completed, with 25 of those reserved for people with disabilities needing supportive services. The Disability Community Cultural Center will be a small space on the ground floor offering in-person events, but will also have virtual programming. DOS offered a listening session in January to offer an opportunity for the community to share their vision for the center. And another listening session is scheduled for February 23rd and then a request for proposals will be issued in March. Lastly, the online resource directory will be launched this year. It's currently in the testing phase. We'll have a public facing directory hosted on the DOS website. And in addition, it'll have a closed loop referral system for select DOS partners. And that is gonna be rolled out in the coming months and then for a small group, and then we'll expand it, make it larger um, in batches. So those are all the things coming up. Thank you. Dan, back to you. Thank you, Kelly. So we always end up by talking about the schedule, although you're probably very familiar with it by this point. <laughs> um, today we're asking for your approval to submit the budget that, that uh, Kelly Dearman and I have described. Um, we'll do that. We'll submit a budget on February 21st. Uh, then we'll... There will be a series of discussions back and forth between us and the mayor's office, some of them on the things we have been proposing. And as, as I mentioned before, there are a few items that are outstanding. The, uh, the IHSS negotiation, the home bridge issue that we're working through. 
Um, and but then we will ultimately um, work with the mayor's office to uh, support the the uh, part of her budget that um, that uh, affects us, and that will be released on June first. Um, and then we will go into discussions between um, the administration and the board, and we will represent our uh, budget, our portion of the budget before the board, and uh, we will then. Uh, get a board of supervisors budget in July, which the mayor will ultimately sign. Mm -hmm. So that's our process. Are there any questions we can ask answer before uh, we go forward? Th th thank you so much, uh, Deputy Director Dearman and um, Deputy Director Dan Kaplan for summarizing in such a short period, such a large budget. It's a great overview. So thank you for that. Are there any um, questions or comments from co the commission? And let me. If uh, Robbie, if, if you could take off your slideshow, just so I can see people there. Thank you. And thank you for showing that. Do we have any comments or questions from commissioners? Uh, just comment. Sure. Let me yeah. go ahead, please. Okay. Yeah. Um, Deputy director Kaplan, executive director German, um, just comments in terms of, um. How impressed I am with, uh, the work that's been done, um, for this budget. I, first of all, appreciate how well organized the material was um, that you had basically give us a uh, excellent framework in February 1st in terms of what to expect. And then to also now give us the more detailed information and how we're going to move forward. Um, I can see in reviewing the material and listening to uh, the presentation today that there's a lot been a lot of thoughtful and thorough analysis and planning behind this budget, um, especially taking into the fact that we have two large unknowns in terms of the IHSS uh, wage negotiations that's coming up that we have don't know exactly what the end results will be, and also implementing uh, the new CARE court program mm -hmm. um, that uh, it, in terms of not being able to really anticipate mm -hmm. exactly. Uh, the number of clients and the number of staff that have been involved. Um, I appreciate the fact that um, there was some innovative thinking behind how to staff that in terms of going forward with uh, temporary positions. I think that's going to really provide the flexibility needed to implement the program. Um, I'm also very pleased to know that um, there's no impact in terms of uh, Two main initiatives that we've been looking forward to, which is the disability culture center, as well as the online directory. Um, what I, um, focus on in the memo is I, I prefer much appreciate that, uh, we are able to maintain client services. Uh, no impact on it in terms of client aid payments as well as services, um, that we are prioritizing core functions, um, that there is, uh, very uh, minimized in terms of service impacts uh, that we're able to just move forward um, and continue and even do more with less money, basically. And that there is um, some creative leveraging of uh, other revenues to make this all happen. I just want to say it's, um, I'm very pleased with the work that's been done to move forward on this budget. So thank you to both of you. Thank you, Commissioner. And I'd like to say that. Um... Kelly Dearman and I are the spokespeople here. There are big staffs who have worked yes. on this. Yes, uh, please extend Thanks and our comments. Three of whom are right here with us today on the budget staffs. Sally and Alex and Genevieve. 
but but on the DAS side, there are there are many folks as well who've done a great deal of work. Yes, mm-hmm. excellent work. Thank you. Thank you. Any other comments from commissioners on our budget? No other comments, but that was a, a fantastic summary, um, Commissioner Jung, and um, I'll just do a plus one on everything that you said. So thank you so much for that amazing summary. Yep, yep. All of our values are included there. Uh, Commissioner Lum, did you have any comments or? No. Okay, great. And I can see Commissioner Pennington also agreeing. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, so we then do we have any members of the public who'd like to comment on agenda item A8? 8A. <laughs> my brain. Go ahead. Moderator, please open the phone line for public comment on the agenda item 8A, and we will allow some time for callers to submit their requests. Do we have any callers in the queue? Uh, we don't have any callers. Okay, great. Okay, then hearing no further requests to speak on the item, we'll close public comment. And uh, is there a motion to approve agenda item 8A from commissioners? I so move. As from uh, Commissioner Lum and a second. Second, uh, Parker Pennington. From, thank you, from Commissioner Pennington. Um, and can we have a roll call, please, on item 8A? President Knudsen, how do you vote? Yes. Vice President Spears, how do you vote? Yes. Um, Commissioner Jung, how do you vote? Yes. Commissioner Lum, how do you vote? Yes. Uh, we do have Commissioner Sklar on the line. Um, if she's able to unmute and vote. Maybe not. Okay. Commissioner Pennington, how do you vote? Yes. Thank you. Been passed. Right. Thank you for that. We'll just move into general public comment. Commissioners, item nine is public comments an opportunity for members of the public to address the commission. Um, I should note for the record that um, I read earlier that SFGov TV was streaming this meeting and it, it turns out is it is not. So I apologize for that. Um, but the WebEx link in the agenda is available and the meeting is accessible that way. Um, so are there any members of the public that would like to address the commission today? And moderator, please open the phone line for public comment. And do we have any callers in the queue? Okay, no call. No call. Yep. Okay, thank you. That concludes the members of the public that wish to address, which is nobody. And we can move to the next item. Great. Thank you so much. Um, any announcements? I think just wanted to note that we heard from somebody that told us about a wonderful art display um, of seniors that is in City Hall, the ground floor, and also over at the War Memorial building. So I might look at it on the way out and pe- encourage people to take a look if you're in City Hall today or at any yeah. point in Civic Center. It's called Art for Elders. Art for Elders. Thank you. Um, and then otherwise, uh, congratulations. I'm going to adjourn this. Oh, go ahead. Just one more announcement. I just want to um, remind uh, commissioners that tomorrow we have a joint commission meeting with the uh, Mayor's uh, Disability Council. 
from 1 to 4 p.m. So look forward to seeing you all there. And it's all online. So. All online. And we're looking forward to working and, and yeah. uh, working with uh, other commissioners yes. on that. So that'll, that'll be a great opportunity for that. Thank you for pulling that together. We look forward to the presentation. And I'm going to adjourn this meeting. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you, commissioners. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Great meeting. Short and sweet. Thank <laughs> you.